What's your favorite? Don't. God, that's awful. Welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly podcast where we invite guests on to defend their favourite films against negative reviews. As always, I'm Luke, the destroyer of all things that begin with C. And as always, the person who is my co-host, whose name just so happens to begin with C, Charlie. How are you today? I'm magic, mate. I'm good. Still ill, though. I'm a bit worried. Yeah, I can smell smell that. I can hear that in your voice. (laughs) You can smell it I can, on me. I can smell it from here. You oh, okay. smell. When was the last time you showered? Uh, earlier, actually, just before the podcast. So mm. got you there, mate. Didn't I? Okay, this time. But you're you're ill as well, aren't you? A little bit. Not yeah. feeling a hundred percent, but yeah. uh, you know, I'll work through it okay. for the for the good of the land. But you okay though? I'm well enough. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Who is the guest that you have brought with you today? I brought another filmmaker because you know can't get enough of them. You love those filmmakers. I do. It's because you know. They're usually really into films. Helps. Shocker. It yeah, does yeah. help with a this type of podcast. Yeah. So uh, say hello, Adam Nelke. Hello, Adam Nelke. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Adam Nelke. <laughs> hello, Adam Nelke. How are you today? I'm, I'm good, yeah. I'm you good? Decent. You yeah. having a good day? Yeah, yeah. A good day. <laughs> good. Have you been up to anything interesting this week? Uh, yeah, I just got back from my cycle tour around Europe, which was cool. And I've been catching up on Game of Thrones. So. Oh shit, okay. you haven't been watching it? Well, I hadn't had a chance. No. Oh, how, fuck, how far yeah. are you? So, like... I just finished it this morning, yeah. What, <laughs> so you completely cut off? You're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, this is a lot to yeah. discuss. Okay, uh, so very quick, what are your thoughts on like, uh, the final season? Well, uh, <laughs> it was good, like, in, in the sense that uh, everything kind of happened that I guess kind of was supposed to happen. Yeah, but it all happened like really fast, um, <laughs> yeah. and didn't feel like Game of Thrones anymore. But I kind of like it was better than I. I had really low expectations of mm. the whole season after season seven, which was like really disappointing. <laughs> okay. Well, for me anyway, just in terms of like how the writing kind of went down from there. Yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I think everyone's I mean, on that same go, sort yeah, of. Yeah, we also. Boat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think on the episode with. Josh the raid yeah. where he was like it's char- it's no longer character over plot it's plot over character sort of thing yeah. like he painted it as a positive thing but that is I feel the issue a lot of people are having with it if you have an issue with this last season it is they didn't really spend so much time with the characters I mean the best no. episode for me was the episode before the battle where it's all hanging out the two yes. so is it two yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was like the best episode because when really I first good. started it I was like oh, okay they're back on it yeah like, yeah and then yeah just and then just but chaos. it was it was cool like it, it was. It's really well made. Yeah, the directing. Was, yeah. And, yeah, I was glad that like I thought like Daenerys went mad. I always, I always, I always said that that would happen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I always wanted that to happen. Yeah. I just think she just. It was more the execution. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could have done with a couple more episodes of her. Yeah, a slower decline rather than a. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, like, she's, she's not eating. She's, all of this yeah. character development's gonna happen off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I always see that she had that sort of. I always see it in her that she could do a t- a turn because mm-hmm. you've, you've seen glimpses of her like sort of power hungriness. And throughout the uh, the show, they're always saying how 
every time a Targaryen is born, the universe flips a coin yeah, as yeah. to whether they're going to be great or fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Charlie, yeah. what about you? What have you been up to? Anything as interesting as doing a cycling tour? <laughs> it's not, no. But no have actually. you perchance I've just watched been... films. Oh, okay. So you've been sat in a dark room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me look. Okay, good. Classic. Week, classic, yeah. classic, Charlie. Classic, Charlie. <laughs> but... Have you seen The Matrix 3 yet? I haven't seen The Matrix 3 yet. Dude. Look, I haven't had time watching this type of stuff. And like, obviously I'm not the most excited to watch it, you know? But um, I did see... Just just rip off the band-aid. Just rip it off. Watch oh, well, the film. I'll do it. I'll do it. I okay. did see Brightburn, however. What? How? Yeah, because it was on a limited screening. You son of a gun. Yeah, boy. Okay. Uh, well, not out yet for us normal people. Yeah. So is it is it good? Is it as good as we hope it's going to be? And by we, I mean me. Is it as good as I hope it's going to be? Um, I'm going to take that as a decisive yes. Um, I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, Just, okay, out of five. Three. Three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't like giving scores, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give it a watch. I don't <laughs> think it's... Ugh, I don't want to ruin it for you. I, mean, I don't know I've been negative, but... Um, <laughs> I think it's a really good idea, and I think they do an okay job. Okay. I think some of the, the it gets really it gets quite gory, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, there's some really cool stuff in that, in terms of where they take it, in terms of what I feel like they could have taken with it. It's different, but yeah, no. Um, check it out. Obviously, yeah. If you if you do actually go see it, we'll talk about it again on the podcast and see what you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else? Something that you can talk less vaguely about? Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched a Kuzu movie. By Kinji, I can't. Do you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna say it because I'll. I'll I, I was really enjoying how you were Kinji. butchering whatever name that was gonna be. <laughs> He's a famous Japanese director. Okay. Um, but he made the film Battle Without Honor and Humanity, and it's a Yakuza movie. He did a, like a trilogy of them. Okay. So I haven't seen the others yet, but what's the first one? And uh, it was really cool. It's always cool to see how other sort of countries shoot action. Because everyone sort of shoots shoots it differently, and I mean I've watched Japanese like sort of action films before and stuff, but the way he shot it specifically, I thought was really interesting. He would sort of follow the character as they were shot and fell down, so the camera would follow the character as they fell to the ground, almost in a bit of an upgrade way. Did you see upgrade? Yeah, in a sort of way, but like a bit more raw, a bit more like handheld, but like it's got so much energy, yeah, like so much energy in it that you're just like, fuck, you, you want to watch because it's like, there's so much more, mm. it's real hard, yeah, but not in a, not, there's no, it's not like a shaky cam or anything like that, it's just that like, it's really got a, so I really enjoyed it, I think it's a um, really cool film and the way they, the humour's balanced with the drama in it, it's really, it's really good fun, yeah, I've really enjoyed that, that was a really great film. Yeah, so, are you, how about yourself, have you um, done anything interesting? Um, what have I done? I watched Aladdin, which was, so oh, I've, I've, I've now seen that and you haven't, so I can't spoil that, but oh, um, yeah, yeah. quick round, th- three, three out of five, I guess. Really? Yeah. That's higher it's, than I thought. It's because you go in there not thinking it's, like, if you go mm-hmm. in with the mentality that it's not going to be like the original, like, that you're going to hear similar songs, yeah, of course, you're going to yeah, hear yeah. similar dialogue, yeah, yeah. but you can't compare it because it doesn't it won't live up to that standard if you go okay i want the the original aladdin again you're not getting that okay cool. oh, interesting. but it does bring something different to the table and so you come away okay, going it wasn't like that but it was it was good on its own merit 
Okay, I'll have to, ch- I'll have to try and check it out. Yeah. I also checked out Men in Black International. You've seen that? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Oh, how was that? It was a three out of five. Okay. It had its moments. That's, 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 that's uh, higher than I thought as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those. They're both apparently Because apparently, I'm only saying it's higher than I thought just because um, the reviews of them have been very negative. Um, well, yeah, I went into Men in Black with people telling me that it had gotten worse reviews than Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And I was surprised by that when I after the film. Like, oh, it's I forgot not... I watched that. Did we talk about that last week? Mm, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah we, we touched upon yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised that it got worse reviews. I thought it was no worse. If, if anything, it was slightly better than Dark Phoenix. So it was an enjoyable thing. Interesting. Okay, I need to watch it then. Yeah. And then the only other thing of merit to note would be uh, E3, because that was a big thing that occurred. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Looking forward to those games. Cyberpunk, more Keanu Reeves. Oh, the... Ke- I'm so happy that we're living in the Kionasance. Kionasance. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm just... It, oh, he, he's... What, what a man. What a man. He's and do you know what? It's, do you know what I'm, I'm scared about? I'm a little bit scared about... Because obviously you have... We've seen this before. We've seen, you know, the rise of like a celebrity. And then someone asks them a serious question. And then, you know, they get, you know, challenged sort of politically on something happens and they piss a lot of people off. And, you know, I'm very worried about that. But... but I don't think Keanu's going to do it. I think Keanu's going to be with us forever. He's a great guy. We hear nothing so. but great stories about him. And, uh, yeah, and he, the whole your breathtaking thing was just lovely. Because you know the guy who said it got a free copy of the game. What? Yeah. Which is really nice. Did you hear about Do you know what's happened? You don't know any of this? No. So you don't know about the Keanu-sons? I well, I haven't been here. So. Oh, shit, you haven't been here? <laughs> yeah. So, basically, since John Wick 3's come out... Hmm. Well, it's been going on for a while, but basically Keanu Reeves has hit the fucking... Like, yeah, everyone's talking about Keanu Reeves. Okay. But someone described him as the internet's new boyfriend, which I think was hilarious. <laughs> and it's like a good, good way to describe yeah. it. But everyone's just talking about how much he's great and how much they love him and how excited they are for him to be and stuff and that. And uh, he's in this new game, Cyberpunk. Have you seen it? Have you not seen it? I saw the trailer. He turns up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he comes out afterwards on stage for E3. Okay. And he goes... He's like talking about he's like this game is breathtaking. And some guy shouts out, you're breathtaking. And he goes, no, you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. Like, in the most Keanu Reeves way ever. And uh, it's just brilliant. And that's obviously gone viral. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that and a mix of loads of other things. I mean, there's a great video of him talking about pineapple pizza. And they're like, they're asking him, can you solve the debate between pineapple pizza? Mm-hmm. Whether it's wrong and, or it should be banned or that it should exist. Like, what is the thing? And he said, uh, I love it, it's brilliant. He says, I don't like pineapple on pizza, but sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking hey, that's like the best way to sort of sum it up. But yeah, so Keanu Reeves, I'm so happy we live in this, this world right now. But yeah. It's a real good world. But anyway, focusing on why we're all here today, yep. Adam, I believe right. you have brought your favourite film for us. What is that film? It's uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, okay. And for those listening at home who haven't seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but are going to continue to listen to the episode, what is the basic plot synopsis? So, the simple synopsis is, (laughs) a guy gets the memory of his girlfriend erased when he finds out she's done the same to him. Perfect. That's that's it for me. Okay. Logline, that's what I need. But I guess... You want to go in more? Well, there's like a more philosophical part 
like synopsis, I guess, which is it's about the absurd cyclical denial of human relationships. Oof. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I think like the film does quite make quite clear, like as as deep a, a philosophical concept as that is, yeah. it somehow manages to translate that in like a very easy to understand way. Mm. 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 That makes sense. It's yeah, interesting. I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a bit of a shame uh, because it is awful. Yeah. <laughs> the entire film is awful. It's actually worthy of a zero out of ten. Wow. Which is what this Anthony C has given it. Because, wow, did this movie suck. I walked in thinking it would be the cinematic experience of my lifetime from all the great reviews I read. Guess what? It sucks! I felt absolutely nothing for the characters. I wanted them all to forget each other so the movie would end. Wow. Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. When are you going to learn that you cannot act at all? Go back to comedy and make us all happy. All the other performances felt forced and fake. Whoever tells you this movie is complex is a total dumbass. I figured it out by seeing the trailers and commercials. You figured it out. <laughs> you figured it out by seeing the girls and the trailers. We're dealing with a genius here, guys. Just let you know. <laughs> Don't see this at any cost. <laughs> wow. Okay. <sighs> like, I actually didn't think it was possible to write a negative review for this film. So. <laughs> and I have proven you yeah, wrong. <laughs> it's impressive. First of all, uh, Jim Carrey. I think it's funny that that should be like that really stuck out to me as part of his review because. I mean, his performance is one of the best parts of the film, I think. Uh, it's so jarring, I think, to see him playing an introverted character when you know him for who he is. And I think that's what makes his character so much more visceral and believable because he's able to really downplay what you know him as and you feel that. And, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised, definitely, that, that that would be something like... It's proof that comedy isn't the only thing he's good at. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point. I never actually thought of that. Yeah, because he is playing someone who is introverted, but he's such an extrovert guy. And I think it does add to the film because when he does let off them little glimpses of being extrovert or, or you know, of, of, of enjoying himself, it really means a lot more when you're watching it because you're like, oh she actually really brings out a side to him mm, mm. sometimes. It's like really lovely. And you see how happy she makes him in mm. certain cutbacks. Do you know what I mean? Because he's becoming, coming out more out of his yeah. shell sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah, so I, I mean, yeah, obviously, I, don't know. I mean, I totally disagree well, with that. I think Jim Carrey's brilliant. Yeah, and I also don't understand when he says, I felt nothing towards any of the characters. I mean, would, would you guys agree with that? Absolutely no, not. No, not at all. Mm. If no. anything, I felt anger towards uh, Patrick character, if nothing else. Oh, Patrick! Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god! Mike. He is the. Oh, he's just. He's just a horrible. He's he's a great character because he just. Is it fucking... the first movie that Elijah Wood like plays like a kind of creepy guy? Is it? I don't know. I'm asking because I'm, I'm not sure. It feels it feels like it is because you know after that, he played like, a few. Like, yeah, Sin City. Because that was 2004, just after yeah. like, Lord of the Rings. 
Yeah, that's true, yeah. Maybe. And then he was doing... Did you see Maniac? No, I didn't see Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. that other one he did. It was like... Ah, oh, what was it? It was... Come out like a couple of years ago. It was on Netflix. I don't feel at home in this. Yeah, movie. apparently that was good. Yeah, that was really good. That. I didn't yeah. see that. Apparently that was good. That was um, strange. <laughs> yeah, he he plays like that, that guy really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's crazy. I think, I think as well. I think I think Kirsten Dunst's really good in this film. Yeah, I think everyone um, is think fantastic. Yeah, in the film. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is. I think it's, it's a crazy review. It boggles my mind as well with the whole like people think this is smart and it's not, <laughs> and I knew it wasn't from the trailer. It's like. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you why it's smart, actually. Why I think it's smart is because it doesn't just tell you about these memories and then being erased. It shows you them. Mm. And that's what, like, good cinema is. Uh, It shows you that. And the way it shows you is so perfect. Sometimes it freaked me out a bit because I was like, I feel like I've had that dream. Like, when he's turning the guy over and he's still the back of his head, I'm like... Oh, that's like, that's a fucking, I've had that in a yeah, dream before, yeah, yeah. when you're trying to make people's faces out and it, you can't, mm, mm, mm. like, it's shot, like, really well. And the way it would transition from one... The mise-en-scene. The mise-en-scene, the, the so set well is fucking yeah. brilliant. So I don't, like, th- there's things like that. It's not necessarily always got to be, like, the plot has got to be this very elaborate thing. I mean, the plot is a, is a great, interesting plot. The way it's told, I think, is very smart. I think that's why I think it's smart. It's like it's told through the visuals of mm. the memory and it's sort of boggling back yeah. and forth almost. No, I really like that about films that, that don't just hand you everything over. They they ask you to kind of work it out. Yeah. Sometimes with the protagonist. I think that's certainly what you're doing with Joel. You're sort of finding out what's going on as he's doing that and it's kind of sort of a murky mess but you you work it out and you don't have, you don't have to be told exactly what it is that's happening. Yeah. It's really... It's great because it's like it, it totally relies almost on the viewers sort of feelings towards what they're seeing as well. It's like So the only thing that I would say is I, I would wonder if someone who hadn't been in a relationship would understand the emotions underlying uh, the film because it, it almost relies on the fact that you have been through one, you kinda of understand the general premise of mm. that sort of philosophical feeling towards how relationships over time just can kind of fade away. So potentially if the reviewer hadn't had a relationship, I I guess I could see why he might not have felt something. But I mean, I haven't seen the film from a perspective of not having gone through like a rough time in a relationship. So that said, it's interesting that you uh, you brought up a relationship actually. Okay. Because the next review has a a little nod to that with uh, T.S. Smelliot giving it a Smelliot giving it a half star out of five. Well, here we have it, folks. At last, undeniable proof that straights have absolutely no concept of what an emotionally healthy relationship looks like. If you need further evidence after watching this movie, consider the fact that straights in the audience were meant to and did recognize Joel and Clementine as an example of a functioning partnership to say nothing of the clearly failing marriage of Carrie and Rob. But hey, the gays wouldn't know what to do with marriage, right? I thought he was wait- I was waiting for him to do the Arnold wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, yeah, um, straight. I mean, I don't think the film. Sorry, I don't think the film says that this is a particularly great relationship. Hmm. Uh, no. I think it leaves it up to 
Well, people's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I, I do see it as like almost an archetypal form of relationship. Mm. So I do, I do get where he's coming from in that sense, but I don't know why it's related to uh, sexuality at that point. Someone's interpretation of a relationship. I mean, end of the day, we're all monkeys. And so if we look at our primordial ancestors, we should just be fucking everything. That's true. That's true. It's true. It's mm. true. See, it, it was <laughs> us that put labels on it. It's true. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. did that. It's true. You're right. We, um. we, we made the gods and when they said, you must always marry someone of an opposite gender. No one else. <laughs> it's true. Well, I guess I, I'm, I'm failing to fully unpack the criticism exactly of the film. I believe the, the point that TS is getting at is that it's painted as a healthy relationship, like an emotionally healthy relationship, mm. even though it is a failing one. And mm. a lot of people saw themselves in I mean, that sort of relationship before yeah. and as a good thing. But it's As obvious. a good thing. I believe, yeah, I believe that's what... Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know if, like, I guess that doesn't necessarily make it a bad film, though. I think it's potential criticism of relationships, and maybe that's what he's seeing in it. He's seeing all the negative sides that the film brings up. And that doesn't mean that the average person watching it is going to think that that's something that they should aspire towards. Um, maybe it's just something they should become aware of. Yeah, I don't think it's pushing anything. I mean, it's, weird. it's a weird comment because... He's not really talking about the movie. He's talking yeah. about people's perception of the film. So it's a bit of a hard yeah. review to sort of. But I, I kind of like that. I think that that means that he did connect with it and he did yeah, uh, yeah. understand what it was doing. It's just maybe he felt quite at odds with that message, which I guess is fine in a way. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's really interesting because, um, for example, like I've seen this film. This is the second time I've ever seen this film. The first time I watched it, I watched it um, when I was in a relationship. I think it was like my first relationship. Okay. Um, so I hadn't gone for a breakup per se that was of that level. Oh god, watching this must have been like horrifying. Then. So watching it the second time, which was today, <laughs> um, it was really interesting to watch it as I'm like more as a older and you know being through breakups and stuff. So I think it was it almost connect. I connected a bit more because you could understand the feeling it's trying to create. Hmm. Especially through the the memories and as they're sort of being deleted, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes it makes you feel like, oh, okay. Because I think ultimately, how I feel about the whole film, how I've interpreted it, is that even though this you've broken up or whatever, and that it sucks or whatever, you really wouldn't want to change everything that you went through because when it was good at the time it was good and like you don't and like that's kind of what's nice about it is like, oh well you wouldn't want to no, like, get rid of it because like when it was good it was good do you know what I'm saying um, mm. and you have those memories of when it was good or whatever but you don't it, 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 if it wasn't going to work out it wasn't going to work out it doesn't matter like on Jerkton, but you have there's like, I think deleting it is almost because it's great because it's like it shows you how you feel at that time when you've got mm, just gone for a breakup mm. of like, oh, you want to delete yeah, 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 everything because yeah, yeah. then I can get over it and I can move on with my life sort of thing. Mm. But then reality, like 
you don't really want that because you actually learn from those breakups. You, yeah, exactly. You learn, it's, you... it's the experiences that build the character and helps exactly. make you you. Which is why I think the ending works very well because mm. they've both had this relationship. They then both wipe their minds and then they both find out that they've had a relationship and wiped their minds. And then they go, well, fuck it, let's give it a second chance. So already knowing that it's not going to work out, yeah. they're going into it anyway. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, they... They've become the same people they were before the relationship, and so they have that connection again, mm. which over time, over years, it's like the faded and separated, yeah. and so that they haven't been able to change and experience those things to grow as people, and so mm. they've just reverted back to when they needed that experience once again. Exactly. Mm. Uh, that's a good question to you guys, actually. Mm. Do you think they stay together? So, like, after this film's happened and it's finished, do you think it lasts? Do you think they stay in love forever? Well, or do you think it has the same end as it originally did? Well, what I took from the ending was that they just... It sort of, like, implied that they keep going through that process of... Oh, okay. Breaking oh, up, like, uh, wiping their minds. Doing it again. Yeah, on a loop. Yeah, yeah. Getting back together again. I mean, like, you know, in a kind of metaphorical sense, I guess that's sort of, like, the ideal scenario for them mm. as a couple is to kind of yeah I guess that is the way because obviously that last shot isn't it when you yeah, see yeah. it run for the snow and repeat it I yeah. guess yeah that makes sense the... yeah yeah because that is the end isn't it really um, I was just thinking like if it was to work out and they didn't do that so you think do you think it ever would work out mm, if no. we're talking about they well, don't go back my, to my interpretation of it and actually you had an interesting idea that I hadn't thought about but um, my interpretation of the whole film is that uh and I guess it kind of chimes with what I believe is that relationships are fundamentally doomed. <laughs> uh, forever the optimist, uh, Adam. <laughs> well, no, you bring up a good point. There's a comedian. Oh, what's his name? Daniel Slos. S-L-O-S-S. It's a big comedian and has a Netflix special at the moment where in his comedy show, he talks about how we're all jigsaw pieces and we're all looking for that other piece of the puzzle because, of course, there's always one person out there mm. who's perfect for you, the perfect, the soulmate sort of thing. Mm. But, of course, there's like seven billion odd people mm. in the world. You're, the, the chances of you two running in are very slim. Mm. And so what you tend to do is find someone who is like almost a match and then you force it. And so you like change yourself or you try and ignore bits of the other person that don't fit into your mentality of like this perfect relationship. But of course, over time, it, it, it becomes doomed because you're not the, you're a corner piece and the other corner of, of another jigsaw piece trying to connect together. And so it does fail. Oh, my God. What depression made think of things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like yeah that's interesting very interesting the problem so I've butchered that uh, no 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 you did it well it's justice people broke up because of that comedy show really like yeah and like he 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 spins quite a positive light and he sees it as like a positive Hmm. that he's helped open everyone's eyes that they are forcing themselves into this Hmm. relationship ignoring things for the sake of Hmm. whatever and so people have gone up to him and gone yeah I realized that this was true and that mm. I needed more time for mm. me and I needed to figure out who I am and what I'm bringing to mm. a relationship. I guess that like the point of the film as well is that regardless of the fact that people might kind of force themselves together, 
the emotions that you experience are still meaningful mm. and still yeah, exactly yeah. relevant. You should still experience them because, you know, that's part of the human experience is to have that oscillating kind of emotional ups and downs, which I guess when that stops is kind of when the relationship starts to die. You, you need those extreme sort of feelings to keep you going, I think. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, I, I think about it like that and I also think about it as well in terms of sometimes I think relying on the impulse sometimes you need to it needs to be dis- disciplined in a weird way I kind of feel sometimes like what, what a, do you mean by impulse exactly in terms of like monkey brain yeah like sometimes like of like because it's very like relationships at the start it's incredibly impulsive isn't it yeah. it's like it's lustful and mm. do you know what I mean and, and that's why everyone's like oh, it's the honeymoon period isn't it do you know what I mean and then after that it's obviously like a, it's not it's like a different thing, but I think some people I know sort of I've seen before have sort of jumped after that moment, right? Because uh, because it, it doesn't sort of well, connect yeah. with their impulses as much. And I think sometimes it. Would... I think after that honeymoon period is sort of when you start to find out who the person is in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not blind then, almost by the yeah way. how suited you are for each other will yeah. kind of indicate how long you can go on for. Yeah, exactly. Which can sometimes be a long time, but I don't think it could ever be forever. Um, I know what you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. Um, <laughs> what do you think I'm trying to say? No, no, no. I, I get that. I totally okay. understand it. That is a part of in of me that I, th- I, I believe as well. But I also do think as well. There's a, like there's like a part of like a fascination with the other person, of like you become almost even if those things that initially were there weren't there anymore, you're fascinated so much by this human being mm. and you, you it's like you a different be, connection. You can be fascinated eternally with something or someone. Yeah, sort of like the way they handle situations differently to how you do or, or things, little quirks they have and mm. they then things kind of sort of make you happy sort of thing and they just from seeing that, it's not necessarily the same sort of love that you had at the start. It's a very sort of film thing that's sort sure. of built upon. So, but yeah, I, like I agree, but I think sometimes you can build on. I think sometimes relationships. We're getting very deep here, guys. We are They're building on. Yeah, this. yeah, no, building on sort of relationships. I think sometimes it, it takes a uh, you know some sacrifices. Yeah. Like like all things do, but it's also but the problem is with that is knowing when you're investing in something that is going to be worth it mm. and when. It's you're just investing in actually this is a terrible toxic idea. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. You're just sticking around because, like you said earlier, you're not sure of yourself. However, because yeah. I think that's a very important thing. You should be comfortable, in, you know, in who you are before you get into a relationship mm. and sort of love yourself in a weird way because otherwise you're relying on their love for you to justify almost your existence and your happiness. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. You you said the word there. I was going to bring up the relationship with uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett because I don't know if this like was ages ago public knowledge, but I've only recently discovered it. Yeah. There's a quote that I believe Will Smith said because he's been getting into this uh, like self help sort of mentality, mm. and he said that the reason their relationship was failing for a little bit, it like had a little bit of a slump, was because he was doing everything to make her happy as opposed to letting her make herself happy interesting because yeah. your happiness is your thing you need to make yourself happy and mm. not expect mm. it from anyone else yeah so true uh, and then of course he, he like 
Yeah, oh, what is there's a really big uh, thing where he when he was getting popular like for Prince Bella, uh, yeah, Men yeah. in Black sort of period where mm. he they were having children and she was she like gave up on her dreams to like raise the kids sort of thing. Ah, okay, yeah. And he wanted to like make her happy so he threw this big party with all like his new celebrity friends and everything. Yeah. And at the end of it she was like that was the worst thing ever because that entire party was for you. Okay, like you, yeah, you yeah. may have said it was for me, but yeah, yeah, no, it was your yeah, ego. Yeah, right. It was yeah, you yeah, showing yeah. me off to your friends. Yeah, that's really interesting. It, it was like, yeah, like you can't make someone else happy. You can only help them make themselves happy. Yeah, yeah. Which is no, I agree. Yeah, going off of what you were saying. I mean, I got really deep. We got really deep here. Um, but yeah, the film. That's, <laughs> but that, I mean, ultimately, this conversation right here proves why the film's great yeah. because it's allowing us to have this dialogue between each other. It's having this conversation back and forth of what it means and what relationships mean and I think I think for me I mean I watched it again and honestly I think I think it might have hit the uh, Charlie Lilly perfect film list I think Ooh. I don't think there's much I could really fault because yeah. it's not even it's not even just that the film's about the memory wiping stuff um, with Joel and Clementine you also have this other story of this love triangle that's going on between the doctor, this young other doctor, uh, cousin. cousin Dunst, and Mark Ruffalo, of this little love triangle guy along. That's that's a movie almost in itself as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really interesting. And then not only have you got that, you've got the, the whole plot with Patrick sort yeah. of <laughs> manipulating his way. Because not only does it deal with relationships, I think it deals with a really interesting sort of question with sort of sci-fi and whether or not you would actually want to erase your memory if you had the option because obviously like we said earlier when you go for a breakup you're like oh I want to erase it because the pain is horrible mm. but in reality it's sort of like it, it wouldn't work and these are the ways people sort of can manipulate that system mm. um, showing the flaws of it and I think that's what all good sci-fis do they sort of show you something great in this new future world and then show you oh okay no this actually would suck because in a sort of Black Mirror that's what Black Mirror's whole thing is isn't it and I think that's what this film does uh, really well. And I think, again, like I've said before, I think why they're great characters as well, the, the plot completely comes out of their character and their actions throughout the film. The decisions they make defines who they are. And even though a few times she tells you sort of who she is a few times, that in itself tells you who she is. Does that make sense? There's a subtext to the dialogue of her mm. being like, yeah, I'm a bit of a bit. And I'm German. she's like, no, that, what that really says is like, oh, you you don't think very highly of yourself and you're, you're insecure. Like, and I think, I think it's brilliant in that way. Like I said, I think every, uh, yeah, I think it's amazingly written. I mean, Charlie Kaufman is like one of the, I mean, he's made some of my favorite films. I mean, the big yeah. Malkovich and yeah, adaptation. I mean, just, he's a brilliant screenwriter. It's, it's, his mind's really interesting. Like yeah. he's, he's kind of an analytical film writer. Mm. So it, he doesn't really base stuff so much off of uh, obvious emotions. Things are kind of like archetypal, but then, that's why Michael Gondry did such a good job with it because he's like this yeah. kind of semi-pretentious French director, <laughs> uh, and he got like you know all the characters to kind of improv and do little weird things that like to make it more natural, um, and that really like worked so well with Kaufman's script. I think like it combines. Yeah, that's true. It really does because I remember I think I read before that um, the bit when Jim Carrey on the train and he says something to her and she punches him on the arm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She actually did that. That wasn't like scripted. She actually, that was her reaction. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting. 
and I think that all that stuff adds to it. It makes mm. it feel more natural. And even it's weird because you don't really spend much time with them in the good parts, but you do feel like they do connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is through Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey's performance yeah. as well. Yeah, I think they play. They play pretty, I think Kate Winslet's really iconic as well in the role. I think yeah. you also remember sort of the hair and the kind of mm-hmm. quirkiness. And, and I think she said it was her favourite role. Yeah, she did. Yeah, mm. yeah, she did. Oh, damn. And, uh, mm. yeah. I think I heard, I think as well I read, I think IMDb, I think on the trivia, I think I read before, that they didn't dye her hair. That's what she's wearing wigs. Right. Which I thought was, I, I was like, what the, it's the fuck? Real. It looks, yeah, it looks yeah. like uh, they actually just dyed her hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah. I've, I've, I really was impressed with watching this for the second time. I don't know. I might need to watch it again. Um, I don't know how rewatchable it would be for me. So maybe I'd j- jump to the game a little bit too. Because my perfect movie, to, we've spoken about this before, to be quite rewatchable for me, character-based. Um, but I think this has some lovely balance of like an interesting plot with great characters that you remember. Yeah, like even like Mark Ruffalo. Like they're, they're such, Even the side characters in the film are memorable. Like... And they have their own quirks and their own little ways about them. Like the way they sort of drink around them while they're doing the memory. Like, I think that's so interesting. Like they're just it makes them out to be people. They're not these just robotic scientists yeah, that come yeah, in. Yeah, no. Do you know the human beings with flaws and I, I, mm-hmm. I really like that. And it kind of normalizes that experimental yeah, thing. Because exactly. it's like, oh yeah, they're so chill, they've obviously done this numerous times before. Yeah, and it's just like even Joel when he's like, "What the fuck is this? This is this is make believe, right? You you're having me on." So, but those the actions that they're taking when in the bedroom shows that they've done this numerous times. And then when at the end, when Kristen Dunst's character has all of the files, and it's like, no, they've been doing this for fucking ages. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, how, how is this an option for people? It makes no, what? Yeah. And it does go into that whole. Like, you need the experiences to learn and grow. Yeah. I think in the waiting... Well, I mean, sorry, just to put, put that even more, that's, they, they push that home with the whole fact that even though they erase Kirsten Dunn's memory of what she did, she still eventually tried on with again and then he failed to withstand that. Exactly. And therefore breaking up their marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fucking... It's a great... It's a really good film. I was really... Yeah. Um, yeah. I really forgot how much I did love it when I first watched it. But then um, I... To like link it back to your question earlier, because I never answered, um, I think that the re- their relationship is doomed once again. Yeah. Because even though yeah. they are like, I'm going to get bored of you, and you're going to get sick and tired of me, yeah. I think you need a relationship like that to balance out. Because yeah. I feel if Joel hadn't got his memory wiped and didn't know what happened to Clementine he would have become slightly more extroverted within his next relationship mm. and would have been a better no, boyfriend yeah. sort of thing. No, I agree. Uh, and then the same with... Yeah, and then the same sort of thing with Clementine that having this boring relationship hopefully would mellow her out again, but then I, that might counteract and she might go with somebody who's equally as over, yeah, like, extravagant. But then having two extravagant people together is better for that type of personality. <laughs> I know he's like, like yeah, you need that to bounce it off and then yeah. you can have an exciting life with adventure. Yeah. So, so yeah, they needed each other to know what they wanted. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think the film's pointing out the fact of like, like we said earlier, like the beauty and the fact that sometimes relationships aren't forever and that that 
that moment is, is, is lovely in itself sort of thing and acknowledging that and accepting that and then moving on. I mean, they don't normally move on, but, but I think that's what the film's sort of pointing out as well. But what I do think was interesting, I was thinking about when I was watching it, I was like, I wonder, if, I wonder how much it would affect... Imagine going into a relationship with someone and then knowing all these things that they hate about you on the table. Like, because they hear, they hear it, don't they? Yeah. yeah. All the things they don't like about you or they're inevitably not going to like about you. I wonder how much that would hinder or benefit you going in. Mm. So it's like, oh, okay, we know what's to come. Mm. How can we stop that from happening now? I feel like... Few, I'm like... I mean, obviously, I know and I agree it will eventually crumble, but I think it's very interesting to, to pose that question of like, I wonder if mm. throwing your cards on the table mm. knowing already what the future is, would that actually make things any different? Would that mm. make things any better? I imagine yeah. it'd be like going to one couple's therapy session and then having it all on the cards and then for the first, let's say, couple of months, year or two, you would like mentally... try. You'll try and not do those things... But then the cracks will start to show, and you'll stop. Stop. You'll stop not doing those things. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess the film doesn't really imply that people change that much. It's more something that you have to kind of interpret for yourself. Yeah, because it doesn't feel obviously with people raising their minds and everything. But also, like you say, the doctor character, Tom Wilkinson's character, he didn't have his mind erased, and yet he still hadn't changed mm. yeah, um, true. so it almost feels like you could say it's quite a bleak uh, outlook that people can't change in a way yeah because I mean like you said like the ending they well it's implied that they keep going back and yeah. doing it again so it's like even they didn't learn yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it's a very interesting thing but I think I think Kirsten Dunst seems that she does learn I think if anyone does change in the film I That's think it true. would be her That's true. And obviously, Ruffalo sort of gets the sort of balls to tell her he likes her, sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a weird way. Um, yeah, Patrick doesn't. He's still a great. Okay, Patrick. Right. Yeah. I need to say this because yeah. I think my my hatred of Patrick <laughs> is tangerine. Oh. Yeah. It's it's the use of the pet. Oh no, Joel's same, same. Pet. That really and wound me up. And yeah. it's not even like oh, he's using the same pet name. Like, oh, they used to call her baby and now he yeah, calls yeah. her baby. Nah. No, it's Tangerine annoys the shit out of me because <laughs> Tangerine was, oh, because her hair's orange. Yeah. But then when Patrick meets her, her hair is blue. Yeah. So where the fuck would you <laughs> organically <laughs> yeah, have this yeah, nickname yeah, yeah. of Tangerine? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a nasty piece of work, isn't he? <laughs> oh. The bit, when he says, uh, he quotes literally something that he said yeah, yeah. totally from his heart mm. and then him to just like butcher sort it of creepily just re-say it just because just because he wants a bit of that woman it's just oh it's so gross isn't it it's, 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 it's a great character he's, he's such a great character yeah, yeah. yeah he's a really good like antagonist in a way isn't he yes, um, yes. okay but, yeah, but next review next review half star Veronica says trigger warning unpopular opinion so already they're, they're being quite nice to us oh, okay, they're, yeah. they're letting us know that maybe you do like this film softening the blow I fucking hate this film <laughs> I think that Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are both very fine actors whom I respect and admire and Michael Gondry is one of the most richly imaginative directors I've ever experienced I think the problem I have is that Joel and Clementine are two of the most vapid inconsiderate 
navel-gazing characters ever put to film. I did not like either of them and had difficulty caring about them. I couldn't decide whether they should just forget each other and get on with their miserable existences or whether they deserved each other. Wiping your brain of someone won't erase your shitty personality, you know? I just didn't like it, and it hit me in a negative way all the way around. Something about people's endless romantic mooning over problematic and damaging relationships. It just bugs the fuck out of me. I know this is hardly the first story or film to do this. Hey there, Wuthering Heights. But the immense current popularity of this movie just makes me resent it more. I guess it's pretty to look at. These people suck. They do. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Kate. Love you. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to be fair, there are some there are some good points in in that. Um, because they're they're not necessarily a hundred percent likable, but I guess, like we kind of said before, they're not necessarily meant to be. Yeah. Um, and um, if it really, it, I, I don't know. It seems to really affect this reviewer. So again, that feels like a good thing. <laughs> and I, th- I think what you're trying to say as well is like how I feel is like they're flawed human beings. So that's why he probably doesn't like them. They have, they, have a flaw, they have a lot of flaws to them. I mean, but that's what makes them interesting to me. And I think ultimately what we were saying earlier, the reason why they don't work is I think they don't, they don't love themselves. They don't, they have problems in themselves that they haven't dealt with. And yet they're going into this, this very intense sort of relationship. Well, yeah, they're both quite needy characters. Exactly. Yeah. Like Clementine always wants a person to bounce off of. Like yeah. if you put her in a room on her own, I imagine that she'd be quite, uh, sullen and depressed yeah, yeah. whilst Joel is so he starts and he's very introverted and it's this whole thing like oh I can't even look a woman in the eye sort yeah, of thing yeah. but like he can spend time with himself in this depressive state quite contently and it, he needs another person to like exactly, rip him yeah, out of yeah. his shell exactly but it, it does go to that fact of if they were perfect characters there wouldn't be a problem in right. the relationship. Exactly. We wouldn't have a film, exactly. and it would just be their boring, perfect lives. <laughs> no, exactly. And I think, and and like, human beings are flawed, and I don't think they're particularly nasty people. I don't think they're like. That's what I don't get when people are like, oh, I hate them. They're horrible. Mm. So I, I can't watch them. They, do you know what I mean? Like they're unbearable. But it's like, like, I mean, they're not perfect, but they're not like they're, they're not yeah, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Patrick's unbearable. He's a horrible human being. Mm. But these are people that are just you know they've got their issues, but they're trying to get by and they're trying to you know feel love and be loved mm. I do think it would have been interesting though because you know apparently Nicolas Cage was going to play uh, yeah I heard that Jim Carrey's yeah Joel but he yeah. was being considered for it yeah what yeah could you imagine yeah. it would have been a different movie wouldn't it <laughs> it would have been, would have been better probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been great it would have been a completely yeah. different movie it would have a completely different movie I think that that's more of a flaw on me though because I don't think I've seen him in like a proper serious film like he's always Nicolas Cage in oh, I know his you mean. films. Um, yeah, I've seen him. He he he, he can act when he wants when he wants to. He just okay. he sometimes he borders the line of like. Mm. But I guess yeah. if Jim Carrey hadn't taken this role, then I wouldn't have ever really considered him a serious actor. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that was the first film I watched of Jim Carrey that where he played a serious actor as well. Because mm. um, I thought I think he's brilliant, Jim Carrey. I think he's mm. really good. 
And yeah, I think what they say about this of the characters and him unbearable, that was the main point, wasn't it? Yeah, the two characters are uh, the most rapid, inconsiderate, inconsiderate, navel-gazing characters ever put to film. But then, like, also, inconsiderate, sometimes you can be inconsiderate when you're in that bubble of of a relationship. Hmm. I'm saying they're not thinking about everything. They're so they're in this intense feeling for each hmm. other. They're not thinking about repercussions and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean, it's hmm. it's kind of pointing out that that flaw in sort of humans in a way sometimes. Yeah, so, exactly. Because yeah. yeah, I think they're well written characters, and that's maybe part of the reason why they dislike them so much, because they were maybe too real for them. What <laughs> <laughs> do you mean? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Showing them stuff they don't quite want to see yeah, yeah. <laughs> in themselves, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dear. Oh, dear. You never know. Asking the deep questions. Yeah. And to go with those deep questions, yeah. I, I have a question. Here you go. Adam, why should anyone watch this film? <laughs> okay. Yeah, segue. Five star review. <laughs> go for it. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, if we haven't already highlighted all these points, it isn't perfect, but that's what makes it perfect. It's intelligent, visceral, and beautiful. The cast and crew work so well together with fantastic directing, mesmerizing acting, and clever writing. Fundamentally, through its insanely well done mise en scène, accompanying, you know what, fuck all that. Uh, <laughs> just just that from the heart, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the What heart. I'd say is that ultimately it captures like, just a raw essence of like, humanity that makes it so desirable to see. Hmm makes and I think it most people will be able to connect with it in some way because it really just taps into something that's hard to really explain you just have to kind of experience it to understand I agree yeah. and it, and it's not even what I like about it as well just to bounce off that is it's, it's not it's not only do, doing that through the witty script and the and the sharp sort of writing of, of the film it's told through the direction it's told in a cinematic way I think that's what I really connect with in this film as well is the way Gondry is chose to shoot this film showing it visually showing that house crumbling as they're sort of saying their last goodbye like mm. it's it's also almost visualising how it feels in the moment to do that in a, in, a, in the, the most epic cinematic way to show something that on the outside can be seen as something like mundane do you know what I'm saying mm, to, mm, to the someone that's not in that situation I mean yeah that's what I, I, I yeah I reconnect with and I think Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's gone to what I think of the film now, isn't it? Well, you, you, <laughs> Classic you, you charm. You kind of stole that mic. I thought that yeah, was so. your review. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is, yeah. But I was just bouncing off it because I mean, he made some really good points. Um, yeah, I Yeah, I, 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 I think this film's a really special film. I think it's really good. I was thinking about it. I was like, I wonder if it'd make an interesting double bill with something like 500 Days of Summer or something like that. Huh. got like a similar kind of... I mean, yeah. this one's a bit more cynical, I guess, in a way. But um, it kind of gives it that same thing of like um, that expectations versus reality scene mm. in Five Hundred Days of Summer sort of mm-hmm. it's sort of how it feels to watch this movie in mm-hmm. a weird way yeah I think this is a, 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 a top notch film brilliant uh, yeah I really enjoyed it and uh, yeah I think I feel like I've pretty much said all I can say really beautiful yeah how about yourself what do you uh... yeah I'm pretty sure we've touched upon most things that I have to say I mm. like the flawed relationship I like the flawed characters I hate Patrick but I meant to hate Patrick so that's a good thing Uh, yeah I I think we did kind of brush around it it's it's an interesting concept of like 
what if you could stop the stages of grief and mm-hmm. how you'd just fall back into whatever you did before grieving yeah and how bad that kind of thinking is yeah and how it is hugely flawed and won't help like the two examples that we see of people getting their memory erased and then trying to move on they just retread those same steps like mm-hmm. Kristen Dunst gets her memory wiped and then continues to fall in love with the doctor Clementine and Joel both get their memory wipes and then happenstance they meet and fall in love again so it's like you experiences make people so yeah yeah, yeah it's just quickly it's, it's interesting you just said that because um, it's almost like humans can't learn unless we experience some sort of pain mm. and it's interesting because I remember uh, I was watching The Yip Chris File um, and there's a bit spoilers sort of for The Yip Chris File Michael Caine's being mind controlled but he is trained on sort of mind control so he knows that you have to constantly create pain so he like puts like a nail into his hand and he's like crushing it with his hand while he's being mind controlled because he knows that like it's the pain that you remember and sort of that's what allows you to learn it's really it's really interesting mm. I think almost that yeah. sort of is a metaphor almost for I this mean, movie a, si- a simplified version of that is uh, don't play with matches because you'll get burned and how many of us have played with matches <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. um but yeah, that's that's the show. That's the episode. Adam, do you have anything to plug? Uh, my name, Adam Nelke. <laughs> Look for me in cinemas. <laughs> I'll One be day, there. he'll yeah. be there. <laughs> yeah, he'll be there. And Charlie, if they wanted to speak to us, where could they find us? They can find us on Twitter, at FaveFilmIsAllFull. They can find us on Facebook, at YourFaveFilmIsAllFull. And Instagram, YourFaveFilmIsAllFull. I just quickly want to say, I think one of the reasons why I think this film's good as well is because I think the conversation we just had I think is like I said earlier is what makes this film great is that we can have this sort of interesting conversation where we sort of back and forth mm. about different beliefs and stuff so yeah actually, I really enjoyed this week yeah this was real nice yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for listening give us the five stars if you want please do please do pretty please <laughs> but otherwise th- thank you for listening thank you for being here thank Adam. you for having me and bye bye take care ciao